Hey, Joey and Chris here. Before we get to today's episode, and we actually formally introduce you to the show, we're going to let our past selves do that, <laughs> because this episode was actually originally recorded and posted about five or six years ago, Chris. Wow. That's... I didn't remember it being that long ago that we, we started that journey, but now it's, we're doing this journey, which is an even longer journey, so <laughs> yes. continue, please. But yes, we uh, anything that we talk about on this episode, we are still planning on doing all the crazy lists that we talk about before we even cover the event itself. That's all still ongoing, all yeah. still planned, we're going to do it. Uh, the other reason I mentioned the show is five or six years old. The microphones sound a little different. We're using our older mics, but I don't think it really hurts the episode because the amount of research and love that we put into creating this original WrestleMania house show series, uh, there's a lot of effort in there, and I think the episode really holds up still. So I'm just going to build it up on the front end here mm-hmm. and say that it's still very enjoyable despite that audio, you know, little nitpick you know yeah so. it's so enjoyable that we're posting it twice yes after five years so this is sort of a retro retro review in our the larger pantheon of retro reviews that we're we have been doing and been doing more of this year like we had planned to do before but we are on track to do all of them and we're kind of going in chronological order so that's why we took the wrestlemania house show that we had done prior incorporating it into this and so longtime listeners may have heard this before, but now it's in context of everything else that's been going on within, around, in other promotions, so maybe this one even has more meaning. Yes, and as the kids say, this is canon now. We're making it canon to the yes. retro reviews of yes. the Wrestling House show. Only one other programming note that I can think of to give you before we kick this episode off. Before anybody out there is like, no, that's not true. Mm. Uh, of course being recorded in the past the only major thing that's changed in any of the dialogue that i noticed upon my last listen Mm -hmm. was that bruno san martino is now currently in the wwe hall of fame that would be the one nitpick anybody would have listening to this oh but people online aren't nitpicky no 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 uh but yeah before i dig a hole on that uh subject there uh let's just go ahead and uh kick off the special what do you say chris sounds good Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMania! Woodstock was to rock and roll what WrestleMania is to wrestling today. Big scores to be settled here as the happening of the century is about to go down here on WrestleMania. For $15,000 in a haircut, we're eliminating Andre the Giant from professional wrestling. I don't care what happened today, you're going to see one of the nastiest... In the field of coming the world, I need myself a bone to chew on. Get ready, baby. Buy your hats, buy your things. This is the biggest in wrestling history. Biggest and greatest wrestling spectacular of all time. Unbelievable. Mr. T looks in great shape. Hogan looks in great shape. Piper looks tremendous. We're seeing the greatest spectacle in wrestling history right now. Holy mackerel. Talk about pandemonium breaking loose. History undoubtedly, in my opinion, made here on WrestleMania. Welcome to the Wrestlemania House Show. Thank you everybody for tuning in. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. Alright Chris, you ready to do this? I'm ready. Long time coming. Long time coming. I, I don't think you out there realize what's going on here. Chris, this isn't just any old podcast doing any old Wrestlemania Rewind. 
you, I mean, we're going to take every single WrestleMania, break it down every inch of every WrestleMania, Chris. Yes. And what are we doing? We're building up to WrestleMania 30. Yes. We're the first one to jump on the train <laughs> to WrestleMania 30. The road to WrestleMania 30 starts here. <laughs> it starts right here. If you're a fan like we are, uh, you're going to love this because... Not only are we going to cover every aspect, every guest, every little bitty thing that they put in there, uh, we're going to cover every match, of course, in detail, and we're going to rank every match of every WrestleMania, Chris. Yes. But it doesn't end there, does it? No, it does not. Uh, eventually, we're going to, of course, uh, rank every match on the individual basis, and then we're going to we're going to kind of break it down. We're going to go kind of by eras initially, and we're going to break down what we consider, like, the different eras of WrestleMania. Because looking back, you can see where, like, there was a major, like, change, like a shift in the, in yeah. the company, like Superstar, Changeover, something like that. Yeah, like the Hogan era is yeah. basically considered the Hogan era yeah. for WrestleMania is 1 through 5 or yeah. 6 or something right. like that. So we'll break that down as we go along. But once we hit those milestones, we'll rank all the matches we've ranked up to that point on a master list. And when we get up to 30... Like, whenever we eventually get up there, then we're going to rank every single WrestleMania match ever made, so you'll have the definitive one through, I don't even know how many it is, hundreds yeah. of matches. And we don't that. even know yet. We don't yeah. even know how many yeah. matches they're going to be, because yeah. 29 and 30 haven't happened yet, as right. of this first recording. But we're going to get down to it, because basically, if we're going to put these out, by the time we're done, it'll be time for WrestleMania yeah. 30 and beyond. And of course, this is a, it's a subjective, but if you listen to the show, you kind of know where we're coming from. But our rankings will be based on technical merit, uh, rewatchability is a big thing. Yeah. Um, historical significance, just yeah. everything. We'll we break it down as we go along. So. Yeah. And it's it's interesting talking about this. Even when we watch we watch these shows together, yeah. And then come and do this special, and talking with Chris while we're watching the show, like we always do. Uh, you know, there's certain matches, like you said, great technical ability. But there might be one that'll rank over it if it has better historical significance. Right. But that's where the struggle begins. <laughs> right. It, it's it's going to be really hard, but it's going to be a lot of fun at the same time. Right. So, Chris, we're going to start off talk about WrestleMania 1. Yes. WrestleMania 1 took place March 31st, 1985. Of course, New York City, Madison Square Garden, the Mecca. The happening at Madison Square Garden. The wrestling event of all time. It, it was a happening. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know... I, I'm going to try to get as accurate numbers as possible, as opposed to some of the ones they like to use. Right. But as far as what I could tell during my research, the actual attendance in the garden was 19,121 paid. Sold out legitimately in the garden. Yes. That's about right for the garden. And uh, reading the WrestleMania coffee table book, the official one, yeah. I found out that those were the paid. Right. Uh, apparently, a troop of Hell's Angels turned yeah. up <laughs> on their motorcycles. According to Linda McMahon, she's, you know, doing some last-minute prep for the show, and all of a sudden, one of the uh, stagehand people comes up to her and says, um, there's a group of Hell's Angels outside that don't want to pay. Yeah. And she said, well, what did you do after that? And she goes, I helped set up chairs. Right. (laughs) So, the attendance officially is 19,121, plus, give or take, a few dozen Hell's Angels. Yeah. And, officially, we have your commentators and hosts for that specific episode. Gorilla Monsoon is a play-by-play man. Jesse the Body Ventura on color. Yes. Great team. Yeah. 
our floor host for the evening is the great Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. And uh, Mean Gene Okerlund, backstage host and interview guy. Yeah. And Howard Finkel as the ring announcer. Yes. And singing the Star Spangled Banner at the first one was Mean Gene Okerlund. Yes, and that begins one of our first really great fan lists. We are going to rank <laughs> the singing of whatever it is, whether it's America the Beautiful right. or the Star Spangled Banner right. or O Canada. Yeah. We're going to rank them. <laughs> We're going to have that master list for yeah. you. By the time it's does all it, said, does Volkov's rendition of uh, the the Russian national anthem get it in that list? I think it ought to count, but I think that one kind of goes into a hall of its own. All right, because it doesn't kick off the show, so we're going right. to have to leave it all off right. the list, unfortunately. <laughs> or else, you know, he'd be number one. <laughs> of course, he would. And but just, yeah, well, we don't have anything to rank his, uh, Gene's singing against so far because it's the first one. Right. So. But he didn't do a bad job. No, he didn't at all. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to wind up being the worst when I it's all said and done. And nope. I think some of you out there know where we're going with this, but we'll wait. That's yeah. for another one down the line. Not so. too far from here. Yeah. Not too far. So. Um, kind of setting the stage. The reason why WrestleMania happened in the first place, there's really two big reasons. Well, Vince McMahon, in his effort to dominate the market, which he would eventually wind up doing, uh, he was still pretty much brand new as the guy leading yeah. the World Wrestling Federation. He just recently purchased it from his dad, running it with his wife, Linda. And uh, a couple of interesting things happened as soon as that happened, is that uh, NWA was the thing, you know, for yeah. the longest time. It really was the most respected federation for decades and decades. Yeah. Uh, they were the first company to put on such a big supercard, and I'm talking about the Starcade. Yeah. Starcade takes place 1983, yep. Thanksgiving, and it sets box office records for wrestling at the time as far as uh, notoriety, attention, the the press they got from it. Yeah. You know, even if it didn't make the most money, it, it definitely they fired the biggest shot. Yeah. And what would eventually become pay-per-view. Yeah. They get the credit for that. Even Vince gives them the credit Did for that. Did they do closed circuit? Because I know WrestleMania was like closed circuit where they would show up in arenas where they'd show it on the big screens. Yes. I think they got to that by the second one. Okay. And the first one definitely had, I mean, like the, they had sold out, jammed up the freeways. Yeah. And I think they might have been doing closed circuit right then and there. Gotcha. Um, I do know that the first ever pay-per-view was Starcade. I think it was the second one. Okay. So, w- so we're talking WrestleMania for you youngsters out there. The first WrestleMania was not on a pay-per-view. You had to go to a yeah. theater and watch it on a theater via closed circuit, yeah. like Chris said. And right there, they had a million fans legitimately pay for the closed circuit wow. for WrestleMania. So that's, of course, a very big deal. Yeah. So you have Starcade setting the tone for what would eventually become WrestleMania, but... Vince hitting this huge wave of the rock and wrestling connection yeah. with the MTV crossover, bringing in Cindy Lauper, and having actual rock stars cut promos on wrestlers right. during MTV is, was just unheard of. So this is just the culmination of all of that. And, of course, payoffs and some non-payoffs occur during yeah. WrestleMania. Of course, I don't think they realized what WrestleMania really was going to be right. when they first did it. And you could tell by watching it. Yeah. There's feuds that don't pay off. Right. In the first one's yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty important. Uh, you know, of course, it doesn't seem like it's as special when you watch it in retrospect, considering they don't do that. Right. Because by today's standards, you'd have something like, let's say, in the uh, the Tito Santana, who's in the opening match. Yeah. They're talking about this feud he's having with Greg Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> and he actually does stuff in the match. He does the figure four on uh, the executioner to, like kind of get a dig at Valentine, but he doesn't even... They have no interaction. Yeah. So, yeah well, and, until, kind of, but... Yeah. yeah. And he, yeah, they... they, they uh, he has a play at the finish 
like after the finish in the JYD Valentine match, yeah. and they build up to their big match that's right. obviously going to happen down the line, yeah. which eventually does. Yeah, but, but who's seen that match, right? And, yeah. And in comparison to who's seen WrestleMania. Exactly. More people so. have seen their individual matches yeah. than, than the one that they were really Building putting towards. over. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, and we're talking about match one, so let's go ahead and get to that, Chris. The first ever match, can't take it away from him, yeah. Tito Santana versus The Executioner, who, yeah. under the mask, is played by Playboy Buddy Rose. Yeah. So... It was a good match, yeah. The Executioner from Parts Unknown, Weight Unknown. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it starts off pretty fast. Tito, like a lot of drop kicks, and ex- Executioner uh, flies out of the ring really early on. It's a pretty quick match, too, but yeah. a lot of it's pretty high energy. Yeah. So it, it's a nice nice kickoff to the show, I yeah. think. And uh, f- uh, doing a little bit of research in advance, um, you know, like I said, they were building up the feud that Tito Santana had with Greg Valentine, this was Tito's return to the ring. Mm. So they this was a big deal, although they don't really mention that on yeah, the show. That doesn't really come across. So it was Tito's first match back, and, uh, you know, I, 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 and I like the thing, you know, I was saying, hey, should, should Tito have really spiked the ball using the figure four after yeah. the flying form? It's such his patented move, but like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's a good pace setter. Yeah. So Not the hot pace picante. Yeah. <laughs> uh... So, this is the other thing we're going to do, Chris. As we go along each match, if there is somebody who has appeared at WrestleMania and they no longer appear in any of the ones down the road, right. I'm going to introduce this segment now. It's called, simply enough, Where Are They Now? Gotcha. So, this first one, we're going to talk about Playboy Buddy Rose, a.k.a. The Executioner. Yeah. So, after WrestleMania... Buddy Rose goes to the AWA. In 1986, he gets managed by Sherry Martell, starts a tag team with Doug Summers, and they have an extremely hot feud with the Midnight Rockers, which would later become the Rockers. Yeah. And they feuded for damn near a year over the tag titles, like the Rockers nice. chasing the bad guys, and it's it's considered a classic feud and one of the reasons why the Rockers got signed to WWE in the first place. Yeah. So, a few years down the line, you know, Michaels gets signed, Playboy Buddy Rose gets signed to return to the WWE as himself, Playboy Buddy Rose. Nice. And it was weird. I remember growing up on this, Playboy Buddy Rose, he was an enhancement talent. He yeah. didn't really win a lot of matches, maybe the occasional jobber that he got. Right. But he basically put over all the other guys, but they still gave him a gimmick. Yeah. He was Playboy Buddy Rose, and they were kind of poking fun at his weight a little bit. He had gone over 300 pounds. Yeah. And he was doing a gimmick called the blow-away diet, which is where you pour powder on yourself and uh, yeah, use a fan to blow away the pounds. <laughs> so dumb. And he used, they used to introduce him, when they tried to introduce him at 300 pounds, yeah. he used to yell at the announcer, and then they changed it to a slim trim 217 pounds, <laughs> thanks right. to the blow-away diet. So that was really the last thing he did um, yeah. that was seen by a lot of people. He continued to wrestle for 20 more years after that. Wow. Uh, he retired in 2005. Well-respected wow. heel, talker, and ring general yeah. uh, by many. And sadly, uh, Buddy left us in 2009. Apparently his whole career he had been struggling with diabetes. Yeah. So that's considered the cause of death for Playboy. So it's a sad, sad way to go. It's, it's yeah. something that 
I mean, yeah, but yeah. Uh, he did contribute to the sport, and, I mean, the man made history. He opened WrestleMania. Yeah. Did he ever appear as the executioner again? Or is that like a one-time thing? I think it Do might you know? have been a one-time thing. Yeah. I never, I've never seen another executioner match, so yeah. anybody out there wants to write into us, let me know. I'd, yeah. I'd love to see more matches from the executioner. <laughs> I'm sure he did, though. Yeah. You know. But Tito will be back, so... Tito will be back for sure, and, and he has a few more openers in his career yeah. for sure, so... Yeah. All right. And yeah, after that, we get to see our first uh, Alfred Hayes, Lord Alfred Hayes segment, where he's put in such like an awkward position. They they have no place for him, apparently, so the aisle that all the wrestlers walk up and down to get to the ring from the back, he's smack dab in the middle of it. So as wrestlers are leaving or entering the ring before, like, in between matches, yeah. they're walking right in front of him or past him. Some yeah. of them even, like, say things to him. Yeah, exactly. He's got this deer in headlights look, like, the entire time. Yeah. His eyes are darting back and forth, and he looks worried, and eventually they put, like, a, a WrestleMania uh, program in his hand, just so he has something to do with his other hand, because yeah. he, like, doesn't... He looks so awkward, and it's yeah. weird. It, it, it is odd, because, you know, he was a total veteran at that yeah. point in broadcasting, and he was one of the greatest heels of the, the you know, the yeah. olden days, and so the guy had a ton of personality, and it's almost like right before they went on the air, they were just like, hey, Lord. Yeah. Don't be nervous. Yeah. But there's over a million people watching exactly, you right yeah. now. He looks scared the whole time. Yeah, and you can tell you can tell when a wrestler's gonna show up because he's like clocking him with his eyes. If yeah. you watch his eyes, they just keep moving around yeah. back and forth. Um Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. And he keeps shooting it over to Gene and it's like he's got like about what, like half a dozen or more opportunities to try to throw it to Gene in different creative yeah. ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, because they keep going. All the rest, pretty much all the wrestlers, are like pre-recorded segments with Mean Gene. Yeah. So, Mean Gene's like, short. "Come on, let's hurry this up." Yeah. It's like you could talk for five seconds, and yeah. then I'm cutting you the off. The pace is pretty fast because he does interrupt a few people, and they cut away while people are still talking. Yeah. So. And uh, so, second match, we get um, Special Delivery Jones versus King Kong Bunny with Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart, who yeah. will make multiple appearances as yeah. we do this. Uh, this is. Um, you know, the first squash match. Yeah. Not many. There are a few squash matches down the road for yeah. WrestleMania history, but this yeah. is one of a small handful. Not much of a match. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, as they like to say, a nine-second match. Yeah. And we get a bear hug, an avalanche, and a big splash. Yeah. And the thing I always take away from this is that in the pre-recorded interview, Bunny says he's going for the five count. Yeah. They he, all hold up their, their hands for the, like, I'm going to do the five, and... Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get the five in the match. Yeah, he doesn't even ask for it. It's like they said, okay, we're gonna do this record time thing, so don't yeah. go over the five. And he's like, but I just told him in the interview yeah. segment, I'm going for five. Yeah. Oh. But um, you know, we we get the stopwatch out every time for this. I've yeah. looked it over online multiple times because I'm just that kind of guy. Not nine seconds long. No, it's right at twenty four seconds. Like yeah. almost exactly. I've seen from uh, bell to bell. Yeah. I've seen some say 17, some say 25, but I'm going to go with 25. 24 seconds. 24 seconds, okay. I like that. That's a good number. It's a good even number. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, and history's really going to show SD Jones is just this kind of like jobber guy, but yeah. the guy, you know, had some merit going into this. He was really big with the people. Yeah. And here's something SD Jones. He was Andre the Giant's tag team partner in the infamous match where Ken Patera and Big John Studd cut Andre's hair. Oh. 
So SD was on the level with at least competing with major baby faces. Yeah. So he was very popular. So this was that's why this was a big deal. Yeah. No one expected him to just get killed. Right. They thought he'd get out like in a couple of minutes. But yeah. Yeah. This was a big shocker. Yeah. So, um, and once again, just like in the previous match, the person that did not come out victorious in this one, we're gonna have to do a where are they now on. So SD Jones, real name Conrad Ephraim, by the way. Retired from pro wrestling in 1991, took a job at the New York Daily News. And I've been trying to find out what he did there, but it, I've never been able to find out. Yeah. But uh, interesting uh, post-wrestling job there, New York Daily yeah. News. Uh, you know, of course, the last major appearance that SD had was that he inducted his really good friend Tony Atlas into the WWE Hall of oh, Fame in 2006. And sadly... Like the previous entry, uh, he left us on October 26, 2008. Uh, but this is really interesting. I think this is kind of uh, this is kind of a beautiful thing. He was born and he died in the same city. He was That's born cool. in Antigua in the West Indies. Hmm. So it's almost I, if he was working in New York for the longest time, and I heard that he lived there most pretty much his whole life. So yeah. going, and I guess he knew. Or so, maybe just went back to retire, you know. Maybe he did, but I think that's really cool. A lot yeah. of how many people do that? Are born born and die in the same city yeah. after going around the world, right? Yeah. So there's cool. there's, there's some there's some poetry to that. Yeah. So rest in peace, S. T. Jones. And uh, yeah. So where do you go from here? You go to a very exciting man, Ricky the Dragon yeah. Steamboat, one of the all-time greats. And wrestling, a very underrated technician, guy by the name of Matt Bourne, Maniac Matt Bourne, who I remember wrestling for World Class Championship Wrestling back in the day, during the Von Erich era, so he did well over here. Yeah. WrestleMania, hey, that's that's the highlight of his career for sure, you know, yeah. one, one of the big ones. Yeah. So what do you think of this match, Chris? I liked it. I mean, uh, the interview segments they had beforehand, Matt Bourne was saying, like, Ricky Steamboat's not mean enough, and I'm just here to beat him up, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna do. And he walks yeah. away, and Steamboat's like, you know what? Everybody says I'm too nice, but I'm here to get mean. And yeah, so, yeah. so I, it, I like that they they that, give but. away their uh, strategies to each other in the pre-recorded thing because it's well, obvious they what, do it in one take. What kind of strategy is I'm gonna beat you up? I mean, I, it's a I strategy. Know, I just think it's funny. It'd be and funny. I'm gonna get mean. Well, it's like in the Santana thing. He's like, I'm yeah. going after your leg. And yeah, Santana's like okay. That's true. Yeah, it's like okay, well. <laughs> I'll defend against that then. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's good. I, I like Matt Bourne. And uh, it was... I mean, I, I'd say this was pretty comparable with the Tito Executioner match. Like, mm-hmm. nice, good pace to it, of course, because Steamboat's in it. Yeah, He exactly. does do a little bit of flying and exactly. does some uh, super fly moves, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, I was... I, yeah. I You know, it's funny. I've seen... There's a few WrestleManias that I've seen a lot, and this yeah. is one of them, because I remember running this a lot when I was a kid and yeah. stuff like that. So I've seen this one quite a bit. But I still see different things every time. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a good movie, I guess. Yeah. So this is what I noticed this time, is that, like Chris said, it's, it's super fly. He's going to be a corner guy tonight. Yeah. And he did like three major super fly moves. Right off the bat, he does the double leapfrog. And then he does the flying headbutt set up to the super fly high cross body or the super fly splash. Yeah. He did all he did all of that in the move, finished with the high cross body, which they said Snooker was mainly known for at the time. Yeah. The guy that pretty much invented the move. Yeah. So and I love Steamboat. He's one of my all time faves, but yeah. I just think it's funny that he ripped off Snooker big time yeah. in his WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Snooker wasn't wrestling that, that night, so it's fine. 
I, I wonder if he saw it. I wonder yeah. what he thought of that. Who knows? Who knows what's going on in his head? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, good back and forth match. Yeah. Steam, Steamboat gets the three with the high cross body. Yeah. And you know, some people say that that's not like the most exciting finish ever, but you know, back then that was a big deal. Yeah. That was a big move. Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, one of my favorite calls of the night happened in that one. The uh, Gorilla Monsoon's um, uh, medical dictionary, I guess, got yes. that out. Uh, one time when Matt Bourne is, I forget what move it was exactly, but he lands on the back of his head and uh, Gorilla Monsoon says that he landed on his external occipital protuberance. Yes. Like, yes. What is that, Chris? <laughs> it's a, just feel the back of your head. It's that little bump, like right where your neck meets your skull. Okay, there, there yeah. it is. I found it. Yeah, there, right, there it is. There were some good calls in there. Uh, like... Sorry, I have to go back when, uh, when Bundy comes out. That's the other great gorilla oh, yeah. call of the night. The mountain with legs and feet and arms. <laughs> <laughs> he does another call like that in in like two or two or three. I can't remember yeah. what it was, but something. Was, but we'll get to that. I don't want to yeah. spoil it. Oh. This one, but yeah, such a, a great announcing team, Gorilla and yeah. Jesse. I mean, and and they're not really battling each other like they do in the future. Yeah. Ones. it's not as cartoony. Yeah, but they're still so good, and they just yeah. bounce off each other so well. Yeah. So, and, and they're going to have to in this next one. Uh, this is one of the, the second longest match of the night. Yeah. Which, sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing. Yeah. But uh, we got Brutus Beefcake, for some reason hailing from parts unknown. I'm just yeah. like, he's not wearing a mask. Yeah. He's not a mysterious guy. He's right. Just, he's just a dude. <laughs> right. Just say With from San Francisco, yeah. Brutus the Barber. With luscious Johnny Valiant, who, who very underrated guy in, yeah. in retrospect. Like, they never talk about him anymore. Yeah. But a great mouthpiece, great manager. Uh, I think that as far as all of the pre-taped interviews in advance, this is my favorite one of the show. I guess. It's kind of inexplicable, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's completely bizarre. Yeah. But I laugh every time, so it works for me. Yeah. So Beefcake basically just spittling out of his tongue. Well, because Johnny's talking for him, and yeah. then... He pick it over uh, Gene, to Brutus and he freezes. Well, no, Gene asks like Brutus like something. He asks him like, "Okay, well, what do you think of this match?" And Johnny's standing in front of him, like in between the camera and yeah. Brutus, so you can't even see Brutus. Yeah. And he, it's just silence. And Gene's like, "What's going on?" And then he just like like does a raspberry in the yeah. in the mic. Yeah. And he's like, "I'm not gonna let him talk." <laughs> and Gene just looking like, "What is going on?" And then Johnny keeps trying to talk, and Gene just interrupts him. He's like, oh, we got to get back to the ring. And so he's just pushing him out the door. Yeah, and they cut away as he's still talking to the camera. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? This yeah. is weird. I think Brutus easily had the best promo of the night. That's just me, though. That's just me. We can give that award out at the end if you want. Yeah. Um, it's most memorable, for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of memorable, I mean, Bruno... Bruno San Martino, who's seconding his son David San Martino yeah. in this match against Brutus Beefcake, I mean... Yeah, you got to feel bad for David. He gets yeah. such a big reaction in comparison yeah. to. I mean, first of all, he's coming out in front of his son. Yeah. I mean, even little things like that, I notice. Yeah. He's heading up to his son. He gets in the ring before his yeah. son, which managers don't do. Yeah. And well, David was a, is a, a fine wrestler. I mean, he has he has some good moves, but the match did kind of it seemed to drag a little bit. It was a little bit long, I think, and it wasn't as exciting as it should be, yeah. which was highlighted by the point that the end of the match, it ends in a double DQ, yeah. because Brutus throws uh, David outside the ring, Johnny attacks David, Bruno gets in, and that's when the, the, the crowd wakes up. Yeah, and I as mean, as decent as the match was before that, yeah. that kills the rest of the match, because it's yeah. like, oh, it's the Bruno show. And yeah. 
I mean, I like David, alright, but I don't think he ever would have really made it. Even yeah, he came his, along at a time where they were moving away from that kind of a look. And yeah, he, he looks just, he looks like a normal nice guy. He's yeah. kind of short for a wrestler at the time, yeah. and he looked like someone's kid. You know, yeah, he didn't look like a superstar. It was it was, so, it was becoming which, such a larger than life business. Yeah, that it, it was just, pretty, it was unfortunate. Yeah, it just it just passed him by yeah. for sure. I I did like uh, there, there's things that don't get mentioned enough nowadays by commentators and like I said I, I love Gorilla and Jesse on the show they're talking about um, all the psychology that Brutus does in there Yeah, and they don't talk about that stuff anymore people yeah. delay matches a lot now Yeah, but they don't mention that it will get under your opponent's skin Right, and I think that those are the kind of little things that well, I like to hear the commentators are told not to like dissect a match anymore it's talking about stuff that's going on here in the card or stuff that happened a week ago or you know it's not about the match that's going on it's about the storyline yeah but there was some good there was some very good psychology in this match yeah. and there were some good moves in there along the way even though it was a long match I think Brutus got in some good shots yeah. and I think he definitely solidified his place in the company it, 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 it stinks that in retrospect that Brutus is seen as one of Hogan's boys yeah. uh, implying that he's not talented enough to get over on his own but right. I think that's totally not true Yeah, I think uh, uh, going back and watching these matches especially the ones he had at Wrestlemania he's a really good worker Yeah, I think so just like the last two matches we gotta do a where are they now Chris and of course you know this is gonna be about David San Martino yeah. this is another example of not paying off a storyline. They actually created one out of this match, really. Yeah. So after the unresolved fallout in David's match, uh, they brought Bruno out of retirement. They wrestled a series of tag team matches, of course, against Brutus and Johnny. Afterwards, WWE really used David very little. Uh, speculated uh, by Bruno, of course, that Vince only kept him around to try to get Bruno to wrestle more as a special attraction. Yeah. Even though he was retired, they figured, you know, he sells more tickets, obviously. Yeah. David, and here's an interesting one, he was the victim of a screw job. One of the original screw jobs mm-hmm. actually came at David San Martino's expense. And it happened inside and outside the ring, allegedly. Mm-hmm. This is this is weird. Check this out. He lost to a preliminary wrestler named Ron Shaw in a bear hug. They ran, rang the bell on him, like, right away. Wow. And then he was fired by Vince uh, when he got arrested for punching a fan who spat on him. And Bruno claims that Vince planted the fan. Wow. That's yet another reason why Bruno San Martino is not in the Hall of Fame. Even if he did, he shouldn't have punched the guy. This is very true. So he did what he thought he would do. Yeah. Right? So afterwards, David, he goes and wrestles for the AWA, the UWF, fine federations especially for that time. And the last major appearance he made on television was in December 1996. Check this out. He wrestled Dean Malenko in a cruiserweight title match on Nitro. Nice. And last I've heard of David, where are they now? At least it's a positive story. David currently works as a personal trainer. That's cool. So maybe it's in his hometown of Pittsburgh. Look up David Sammartino to be your personal trainer. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. The kid was in very good shape. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. All right. Moving on to the next match. What do we got on here next, Chris? The first title match in WrestleMania history. It's the Intercontinental title match. All right. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart versus the Junkyard Dog. Yes. Big historical match. First title match. 
Um, you know, like I said, I, I I always wondered for years why it wasn't Tito versus Valentine, but yeah, I think this was an entertaining enough match. I, like it. I always I was a huge fan of JYD when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. and we are, and he's you know of course uh, he was in the old uh, rock and wrestling yeah. cartoon, and you know anybody, he comes out to another one bites the dust. Yeah. First people, theme music in WrestleMania history. There you go, first theme song, which is edited off the DVD, but if you yeah. can find the old VHS, all of the music is intact. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a good back and forth match. Uh, you know, Jimmy, of course, not his first, but not his last bump in a WrestleMania. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Jimmy always gets beat up. Three, he gets it bad. Yeah, <laughs> but that's uh, that's another show. When they do that reverse angle, when Dog goes to grab, and then Valentine, of course, yeah. hits him when he moves. He hits the floor really hard with his head and his back. Yeah, I mean that was just straight down to the the cement floor, yeah. man. And it's like he was just kind of, he looked really woozy after that, and I yeah. don't blame him. But it's a cool match. I like when uh, Dog headbutts Valentine, and he holds on to his <laughs> yeah. hair and stuff like that. You know, and, and the Dog things with the headbutts, I, I know it probably doesn't really hurt all that much. But <laughs> There's I, no momentum behind it, but it's yeah, it's fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. That, that's what it is. It's sports entertainment. So, And, you know, it's weird watching this match again. They don't do that finish anymore with the double leg trip and the foot on the ropes. Yeah. I think just because people did that move for so long, yeah. I think they just don't anymore. You'll see guys like Jericho try to do it sometimes. but and it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't work anymore. What's up with that? <laughs> but yeah, that was... Uh, so Valentine was the champion, and he double leg trip, puts his feet on the ropes, gets actually gets a three count on JYD, but then Tito sticks his face in there, and <laughs> he, like, tattles, and... Uh, as Jimmy, Listen to you sounding like Jesse. Yeah. As Jimmy and, and Valentine are, are headed away, referee starts the match, immediately begins counting, so that, like, 10 count on yeah. Valentine. And Valentine's like, what's happening? The what's referee looks on? so pleased with himself, yeah. too. He's like, smart. Yeah. <laughs> and so he gets counted out. So JYD wins on a count out. Yeah. And then Dog celebrating like he won the belt, like he had yeah. no idea that yeah. he couldn't win it uh, on a count yeah. out. Poor guy. Um, this is not aware they now, but I just wanted to pay the feud off for you a little bit here, Chris. Uh, on July 6, 1985, Tito Santana regains the Intercontinental title back from Greg Valentine, so it has a happy ending. <laughs> so, Gorilla very, uh, very strenuous with the rules. I'd just like to point out once again that the Intercontinental title did <laughs> yeah. not change hands. Yeah, well, they didn't announce it in the arena, so he kind of had to. Not that I heard anyway. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a dusty finish. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's still yeah. a good match. Yeah, Both I'm those sure. Guys are good, so. I'm sure there were some kids that were watching TV the next week going, "Hey, why yeah. does Big Valentine sell the Intercontinental title? That's crap." Yeah. So, uh, next we have um, a title match. My favorite belts, the tag team titles. Yeah. First ever tag team title match in WrestleMania history. Yes, officially the U.S. Express. Yes. Future brother-in-laws Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Now, going, going by Mike Rotundo. Yeah, Mike Rotundo, sorry. Yeah. They they were so uh, liberal with the O and the A through his entire career. Yeah. Even like five, six years after that, they were still doing that yeah. to him. So he probably welcomed the IRS gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> so, and of course, managed by Captain Lou Albano, who's probably on his 16th or 17th tag titles at this yeah. point. Uh, versus uh, the ever-amazing foreign heel overlords of the world, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik with the great classy Freddie Blassie. A lot of Hall of Famers and future yeah. Hall of Famers in this. Yeah. Uh, as a lot of the show has been yeah. so far. And that is pretty apparent because it was a really good match. 
Yeah, and this is like this is this was I think the wrestling match of the night. Yeah, I, I think um, both teams are just so on fire and so good. Yeah, I mean Iron Sheik just fresh off of a world title run. Yeah, and he's in the best shape of his life for sure. Yeah, Volkov moving like a guy half his size. Yeah. And of course, U.S. Express looking great in there. Yeah. I always liked Barry Windham just because of that. He's six seven, two seventy, yeah. and he moves like a light heavyweight. They didn't seem very excited before the match, though. They're uh, like they knew they were going to lose. Yeah, their promo beforehand. I mean, they ask him, and Albano's like drinking a beer, or soda, or something. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, we're going to try our best." And yeah. Rotundo was like, "Well, you know what? We're headed to the ring right now, Gene." And yeah. they go over to the over. Windham. And he's like, yep, we're headed to the ring. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> they said the talking's over. I'm like, what talking? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even start. But Sheik and Volkov were like, and Blassie were all like screaming and doing their usual yeah. stuff. So you yeah. couldn't, I mean, Sheik was still talking when they cut away. So Yeah, they couldn't lose. Yeah. And I couldn't resist finding out some fun facts about some of these people. I'm going to do this down the road here and there. Did you know, Chris, that the Iron Sheik was a former Olympic trainer of wrestlers from two U.S. Olympic squads. <laughs> nice. He trained the USA. How dare he? That's awesome. You like that? Yeah. And Nikolai Volkov was a former Russian weightlifter. Yeah, um, yeah I can see that. He's a big bear of a guy. Yeah, he looks like one of those dudes now. That, the, the, the old, like, I know that the Rus- there's a Russian who's like the only other guy in the world that's stronger than Mark Henry at this yeah, point. I guess I'm not sure. Yeah. It's like number one and Mark Henry's number two. Yeah. But uh, something about Russians and weightlifting. They like their weightlifting. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, a lot of people know Mike Rotunda was amateur from Syracuse. And Barry Windham is the son of Hall of Famer Black Jack Mulligan. Yeah. And that'll be really interesting later on. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, like I said, they're real-life brothers-in-law. And, I, of course, to put over the fact that we are in a Cold War, they come out to Born in the USA yeah. by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, best technical wrestling match of the night. Uh, but it has to go down with cheating, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it makes sense. Uh, Sheet gets Blassie's cane and and smashes Wyndham over the head, and smashes it into like three or four pieces. Looks like he busts his hand on it because he's bleeding after the match. Sheik was, yeah, but he does manage to pull all the all the evidence out of the ring, and um, so Volkov gets the pin on Wyndham. Yeah, was it? Did did Blassie have a, a fist knocker on the end of his cane like Best and handle. Back to the Future too? <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, Sheikah would have been a lot better for that movie, eliminating the evidence very well. Yeah. He bled for his art. Good yeah. for you, Iron <laughs> Sheik. Um, and here's a little update on where that feud went afterwards, Chris. Three months later, U.S. Express, they actually do win the belts back. And, uh, you know, all is well in the world. And then a little follow-up on that. Here's This is great. Do you remember this? About four years ago, March 10th, 2008, Raw WrestleMania Rewind Night, they actually yeah. promote the rematch on Raw I do all that. those years later, and it never goes down yeah. because Jillian Hall has to interrupt it, and she took this great airplane spin from my yeah. pretender. But the fact that she attempted to sing Born in the USA yeah. and got an airplane spin for her troubles. Um, and another interesting add-on to the U.S. Express storyline, Barry Windham actually left the company to go to the NWA, yeah. and they didn't break up the team. They replaced him with a gentleman by the name of Dan Spivey. Uh, so Dan Spivey actually teamed on the UX Express for a while, and then Dan would go on later to team up with Mike Rotunda in the Varsity Club yeah. in the NWA. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's Small nowhere world. they announced for this match, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And they will all be back. <laughs> Maybe under different character names. We'll see. But yeah, so that was actually the first uh, title change. Yes. Ever. Yeah, in Historical. Can't yeah, take that yeah. away. All these firsts in this one. Yeah, of course. Well, 
Of course. The next matchup, the uh, $15,000 slam match, which yes. pitted uh, Big John Stud with Bobby Heenan versus Andre the Giant. If Stud uh, lasted and didn't get slammed by the Giant, then Giant would have to retire. Yeah. They should have had it to where Stud could pin Andre if he wanted, not just let yeah. the clock run out. Yeah. That's I, what I didn't get. I was like, well, I kind of know where this is going anyway, but yeah. that even makes less sense, but whatever. Do you remember, um, okay, well, like I said, I talked about the haircut earlier. Stud and Patera shave yeah. Andre's head in the tag match. And then Andre goes on Tuesday Night Titans, that little talk show that Vince was running with Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah. And you've seen the footage. Vince goes on there, and he's trying to book yeah. the match. Yeah. And he's failing yeah, really badly at it. <laughs> Andre's just like, eh, whatever. And, and Vince is obviously leading him yeah. down this path. He's like, did you yeah. have a script, or did you go over this at all beforehand? Yeah. If you haven't seen this interview, it's really funny. And if you, it's on the Andre the Giant DVD, the yeah. only one they have out of him. Vince basically goading Andre into accepting a match, kind of like, oh, we got to do yeah. this. <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't really... The money means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically saying, well, some people might say, he actually said some people might say that by saying that you have a yellow streak running down your back, and I'm like, well, yeah. where are you going with this with yeah. Andre? <laughs> I wouldn't even kid about that with yeah. him. But, you know, it's a historical match, yeah. but it's it's kind of a headbutt-punching brawl. Yeah, obviously with these two guys in it, it's going to be a pretty slow-plotting match. And yeah. It is. And I, I hate to say this, but, um, you know, the match length versus what it feels like, yeah. is way different, because yeah. it's only like a five-minute match or yeah. something. But it's just him kicking at Stud's leg for a little bit and <laughs> yeah. choking him. And yeah. The choke was the best part, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like shaking him, shaking him, shaking yeah. him. And Ref is not counting. And Heenan's yelling at him, count Ref. Yeah. And he's perfectly playing it like someone who adheres to the rules would. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because Andre is cheating his ass off, yeah. <laughs> and Bobby's livid. Yeah. And it's like, he's right. Yeah. He's an a-hole, but he's absolutely right. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, you know, Andre gets the money bag after he slams Stud. Good slam. At least it wasn't. Yeah. I've seen body slam matches where the body slams are not good. I'm yeah. serious. That's the most important part of the match. <laughs> right. That slam better not look like dog crap. <laughs> right. You know, at least that one is a nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. technical power body slam. Yeah. You know? I can't say that the uh, slam match is one of my favorite match types of all time. Yeah. Honestly. Like that, and then Andre sticking to his story when he gets backstage with Gene. Yeah, I think the second post-match interview with me and Gene, because uh, yeah, Volkov, the champ, she got it. Yeah. Yeah. So Andre's like, I didn't care about the money anyway. I'm like, yeah, he's been saying that since yeah. day one. <laughs> <laughs> and he obviously probably got paid more for that match than going yet. Yeah. Good times. And all those people will be back, so we're gonna move on to the next match, Chris. Yeah, next La- up, ladies' night. Uh, yeah, the. Uh, First ever WWF women's title match. The champion uh, Leilani Kai with Moolah versus Wendy Richter and Cindy Lauper. I think this match actually probably should have taken place years later at the yeah. first bash at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're properly dressed for it. Right. Both wearing like swimsuits, like one piece swimsuits is what yeah. it looks like. But yeah, well, like one a of my dark favorite, period for women's yeah. wrestling. One of my favorite parts was when Hayes was introducing the uh, the interviews. Like Mula just like kisses him right on the mouth. Yeah, he's like, like oh boy, my word, good gracious. Because yeah. <laughs> he goes, good gracious, good gracious. And then Leilani Kai kisses him on the cheek, and he's like, oh, good luck. Because yeah, he like clocks her after the kiss, yeah. like, oh, she kissed me. Yeah, okay, well that's different. And it's like the first time he smiles all night. And he's got a little smirk on his face. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and it's almost like Vince, I mean, you know, Vince is like five feet away from yeah. Alfred at that point. Like, go kiss him. Yeah. <laughs> See what he does. Yeah. Can't so, get any worse. Yeah. So yeah, and the match. I don't know. What did you think? Well, I mean, it's you know, it's kind of like what the main event does. A lot of the things they added to the the stew, if you will, right. Uh, help the match. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize this because she just, you know, does her thing and it's not on a huge scale anymore. Yeah. But Cindy Lauper was a huge, huge deal at oh, the yeah. time. She was, I mean, like at the same time, like I said, this MTV thing, but when you talk about female pop stars, yeah. she was only second to Madonna and at that point yeah. she was neck and neck with her. Right. That's legitimate. I mean, she was selling millions of records. She was winning Grammys. Yeah. That's a big deal. You think anybody who's going to sell millions of records and win Grammys now is going to go on WrestleMania? Right. I mean, you look at it from that yeah. perspective, that's a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, some people say that the wrestling thing hurts Cindy in the long run. And eh. you could say, and people say that about Kaufman, too. Yeah. But, hey, you know, it's, a, it's, it's part of their history now. Yeah. Cindy brought in a huge crossover audience. Yeah. That was the MTV generation. Yeah. And... Uh, it's hard for me to hate on stuff like this because of what that did. Right. A lot of old timers hate this kind of stuff. Yeah. But to me, this totally started the next generation. This is kind of when I started taking notice of it too, because my yeah. friends were into it. I just didn't have cable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me about two or three more years. But well, yeah. this is the first shot, really. Vince does have a tendency to go overboard with that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, the rock and wrestling was really it was very good for the business yeah so. absolutely and you know they at least when someone like cindy comes in and you think about it this is a smarter move yeah. as opposed to what they would do nowadays she's a manager right and she they did a thing where captain lou mentored her and taught her right everything that he knows about how to be a successful manager right so she has a trade in the business yeah she's not just there to just be seen right she's a manager yeah so i like that part about it yeah so it helps. Yeah. And I mean they're they're not bad, but it just I don't know. Leilani kinda looked like she got kinda tired. She got like weak legs. She like her legs like gave out on her like a couple times. A couple yeah, of those it looked like. They're kinda, kinda shaking over. a little bit in there. But I mean they they have there were some nice uh like hammer lock reversals in the beginning yeah. and a couple nice moves. Yeah. Like uh Richter has the leg scissors like around Leilani and she just like like powers her up, like yeah. pulls her completely up, and then like drops her back down. Yeah. So you might see that move a lot nowadays on an indie show, but yeah, that was a cool move at the time, yeah. and I didn't see that move for years afterwards. Yeah. And the finish was a uh, Leilani Kai actually did a high cross body on Wendy, but then the momentum kind of carried her over, kind and she kind of, of flipped sort of. over into it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and so uh, Wendy Richter got the pin and won the winners' yeah. champ. I I I don't like the finish. And, and yeah. obviously the move was botched pretty bad. Uh, and it's not just because of that. Yeah. But to me, they already had a high crossbody finish in the match. Yeah. Yes, there's a twist on it. But to me, the finishing move should have been that move that Wendy did like a minute before the finish. Yeah. Where she does that. I don't know what it's called, but uh, Sean O'Hare used to do it. Yeah. Where you put him in an airplane spin position, and instead of doing like a Death Valley driver or an attitude, yeah, just push you drop him the other way. Yeah. I think that's a cool move. I mean, yeah. That's not the finish? Yeah. It makes sense, but, you know. <laughs> I think that would have popped the crowd just as much, if not more. Yeah. So, and maybe because she was going for a thousand pins in the match. I don't know. Right. Maybe that hurt it. <laughs> yeah, right. Quite possibly. Yeah. But uh, here's the other thing. And for the old school fans that might be hating on this, the fact that they brought in the storyline of Moolah being the manager of Lilani Kai, a lot of people don't realize this, but when Wendy beat Moolah, She's the one that ended the 28-year reign of Moolah. 28 yeah. years. Yeah. 
So that's why she's all involved in this. Yeah. And uh, at the time, and here's another fun fact, Wendy Richter did become the youngest women's champion ever. She was 23 when she did that match. Can you uh-huh. believe that? So, yeah. And so there's a lot of cool historical implications of the match, even if it's not a great match per se. Yeah. So, and uh, did, did you ever see the um, the video that Cindy Lauper did for the Goonies theme yeah. song? Yeah. It's got Andre, Nikolai Volkov, Captain Lou, Roddy Piper, Wendy Richter, Classy Freddy Blassie, and the Iron Sheik. Yeah. So for you fans out there that have never seen the full-length video of sure the Goonies, YouTube it. It's on the Goonies DVD. It is. The, the full version. Yeah. Piper actually has talking parts in it. Yep. <laughs> and the other guys are just there as muscle. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and everybody knows what the Goonies is, so yeah, go yeah, find exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that DVD definitely, definitely worth getting. But anyway, moving on. So there you go. But now we have to do Aware of That Now, Chris. Because, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, of course, Cindy doesn't come back. But, you know, I already gave you Cindy's resume. Wendy Rector, this is, uh, she has a storied history even afterwards. So she beats Lilani Kai for the belt. Her popularity increases. She becomes a character on Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling cartoon. Big deal, right? She's the only female on the show. November of 1985, we talked about this earlier. Another screw job, Chris. She was scheduled to wrestle someone called the Spider Lady at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. They said, okay, you're going to go in here. Spider Lady, just basic match. Spider Lady went for cover early in the match, refted a quick three. Richter kicks out after the three. All of a sudden, as far as she knows, bell rings. They just gave the Spider Lady the belt. Spider Lady, you know who it is, right? It's Mula. Yep. Yep. So... She claims that she was not in on that. Of course, I mean, you know, why would she have been? Um, The popular opinion, this is kind of taken in interviews between Vince and Wendy about the situation. They were having money disputes over weekly pay and royalties. The fact that they were using her more on stuff like the cartoon and stuff like that. So a lot of royalty questioning. And then that's it. According to what Wendy said, when she lost the match, she didn't even go back to the locker room. She literally walked out the door in her gear, took a taxi, and that was it. So, interesting. Afterwards, you know, she goes to the AWA, which actually was becoming a really good hotbed of ladies wrestling for a while. Medusa was coming in as a rookie. Uh, She beat Medusa for the women's title when Medusa was at her hottest. So, you know, that's a big deal. She wrestled in the LPWA in the early 90s. She teamed up with former women's champion Rockin' Robin. <laughs> so they were a tag team for a while. But pretty much after that, she retires in the 90s, earns a degree in physical therapy, and guess who she married, Chris? <laughs> I actually know. Go ahead. Yes, you do. Hugo! Yeah. Hugo Savinovich. Yeah. The what you the color Spanish broadcaster the long time but he's not, not there, there anymore he's not there anymore I know I love Hugo Carlos Cabrera still is but yeah. Hugo's not there makes me yeah. sad Hugo's like the Jr of yeah. Mexico <laughs> he's been ousted <laughs> and wrongfully so yeah I'm sure the other guy's fine but you know it's yeah. Hugo and uh, more bad news for Hugo he has since divorced from Aww. Wendy Richter. Um, so a little more on Wendy here. January 29, 2005, she appeared at the Wrestle Reunion and she did an eight-woman tag match. Check out this lineup. She teamed with Bambi, Malia Hosaka, and Jenny Taylor and wrestled Sensational Sherry Martell, Peggy Lee Leather, Chrissy Vane, and Amber O'Neill. That's nice. a bunch of different generations yeah. all in one match right there. And Wendy, during right before WrestleMania 26, was finally inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame yeah. by none other 
than Rowdy Rowdy Piper, yeah. who was, you know, in storyline, totally against Wendy, you know, and yeah. he hated the rock and wrestling thing, so I thought that was kind of funny. It's cool. So there you go, the storied history of Wendy Richter, Chris. <laughs> ah, Dallas native. The uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can tell by the way she talks. Tell by the way she talks. <laughs> oh, man. Pretty thick uh, accent on there. Yes. But, Chris, now it's time for the main event. Yeah. Here come the celebrities. Yeah. Billy Martin, former player, manager of the Yankees. Big deal, especially in New York. Yeah. Liberace with the Radio City Rockettes, guest timekeeper. They should still have that bell around. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see those guys get that bell? And Muhammad Ali, wow. Yeah. Get Muhammad Ali at that time. As the referee. Second referee. Pat Patterson was actually the main referee. Yes. So much like what Mike Tyson would do years later, he is the outside enforcer. Yeah. And he enforced. Yeah. I gotta say, he he didn't mail it in. Yeah. Yeah. He's he saw a guy even just get up on the apron illegally, he was he was there. Yeah. He was like, Get get over there and if you're not gonna do it, I'm gonna. So. Yeah, if a guy, if either Piper or Orndorff dropped to the floor yeah. to just walk, he was just yeah there. Yeah, so he took a good shot at Piper to got him on the chin a little bit at yeah. one point. I don't know how much he hurt him, but yeah. I know the old boxer and Piper probably almost went for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, you're on like WrestleMania and you're gonna get punched by Ali. You're gonna take that. That's yeah. gonna be a moment. Yeah, totally. So officially. The match, Chris, here is Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, and Rowdy Roddy Piper with Cowboy Bob Orton in their corner. The Ace Cowboys. Yes, with the, the cast. With the cast. So that's almost like two people yeah. in your corner. <laughs> Versus Hulk Hogan, the current world champion at the time. So he doesn't even defend his title in the first yeah. WrestleMania. It's yeah. so weak. <laughs> but his tag team partner, Mr. T, two guys from Rocky Three. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. The biggest movie at the time, for sure. And uh, their corner guy, the great, the legendary, the innovator, Superfly, yeah. Jimmy Snuka. And, of course, that team comes out to I Am the Tiger. Yeah. So, yeah. so makes well, sense. Not on the DVD, though, Chris. They come yeah. out to Real American right. on the DVD. But then again, Real American was conceived around that time, but not for Hulk Hogan, Chris, for the U.S. Express. Yeah. So that was Wyndham and Rotunda's song, and Hogan just yeah. snatches it up. But actually, Wyndham and Rotunda came out to Born in the USA on the show. Yeah. So. So, it's all, it's all crazy. They yeah. got it all mixed up. So what do you think of this match, Chris? I mean, it's te- technically, I guess, would you say, it's not bad technically. No, it's really not bad. When you look at it. It's yeah. just such a there's riot. A, there's a lot of stuff going on in that match. Yeah. So, and it's only 13 I mean, minutes long. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good. And it doesn't end with, I mean, Hogan does get the victory, but it doesn't end with a typical Hogan, like, Superman ending. It's, I mean, actually, uh, Orton tries to interfere and ends yeah. up hitting Orndorff with his cast, and he gets the one, two, three. After that, it's not, it's not a, like I said, Superman. It's not the boot and the and the leg drop. It's actually pretty entertaining. So. Yeah, Hogan just kind of wins matter-of-factly. He doesn't yeah. get the Hulk up or anything right, like that. Exactly. You know, it's the most mortal I've seen him on a big show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so yeah, I liked it. Yeah. So you know, and, and all these guys, even T, yeah, they're going to be back on the next WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, and. Uh, so there's really no where they now to do. I mean, I could tell you, <laughs> I could tell you some sad stuff. You know, I mean, I could tell you, you know, what happened to all these other people. But I mean, well, Billy Billy Martin died in a drunk driving accident in 1989. Yeah. Liberace died to complications of AIDS in 1987. Yeah, having fun so far. 
Um, the Rockettes, hey, they've been a constant mainstay at Radio City for 77 years now. No one's right. taking that away from them. So right. They're still doing good. I hope they fired that one, though, at the end. <laughs> yeah. She she was not in left, it. wasn't really into it. Yeah, she didn't sell it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Ali continued to make a lot of appearances, of course. I mean, yeah. dude, freaking, did you know the BBC named him Sportsman of the Century in the year 2000? I can see that, yeah. Like they gave him the whole century. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and apparently he's won more medals and honorary awards than any sports figure in history. I can see that, totally. Period. So, there you go. Good stuff right there. And like yeah. I said, I like the fact that as we go through this history of WrestleMania, I think... For sure. I mean, I don't think anybody... I mean, you might be able to debate me on this, but getting the three greatest boxers in the three consecutive generations to appear at WrestleMania, that's pretty cool. That's pretty impressive, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll we'll talk about more of that later. Chris, now we got to do it. Let's break down... Rankings. Rankings. Bottom and top. Yeah, let's do that. Chris, take it away. All right. Uh, Well, it's kind of hard to argue this point. A 24-second match is going to... Unless the match is just terrible, it's kind of hard to debate that. Yeah. So at number nine out of nine is SD Jones versus King Kong Bundy. I don't think anyone's going to argue with us on yeah. that. Unless they're just really big King Kong Bundy. Yeah. Even there. then. He, Even then. You yeah. can't defend that. I like yeah. Bundy too. Don't yeah, get me wrong. too. Next up from that is, uh, unfortunately, the David San Martino versus Brutus match, Brutus yeah. Beefcake, because mainly due to the fact that, like we said, Bruno just kind of overshadows the sun, and it kills the match. Yeah. And it does... It's a little bit of that. The match bit. does kind of drag a little bit, and the fact that it's a double disqualification. Yeah. To me, it's almost, no matter how good the match is, with me, a double disqualification is grounds for major low star quality. Yeah, it, it can not Very it, rarely it does down, that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, next up, from the bottom, at number seven would be the women's title match. Uh, even though we did say that there were some good moments in it, it just, I think the rest of the matches on here, I mean, the quality does kind of, and historical significance, uh, does kind of pick up a bit. I mean, this was I the think first, the finish makes it lose a little bit of ranking, Yeah, like too. you said, like the uh, the kind of weird uh, finish and the fact that there were better moves before that. Yeah. It could have been shorter, you know, and I think it would have ranked better. Yeah. Next up, just because of the slow, almost slow motion nature of it, the uh, slam match, yeah, uh, John Studd versus Andre the Giant. Yeah. So not very rewatchable. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, so. it's, it's 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 a struggle because I want to, you know, of course we all want to pay respect to uh, both of them, Andre yeah. and Big John Studd, who are both no longer with us. But yeah, uh, you know, hey, we have to be fair at the same time too. Next up at number five, Matt Bourne versus Ricky Steamboat. Because I mean, it was a good match. Yeah, uh, both those guys are. Technically sound, obviously, yeah. and it was, it was a, it was a good back and forth, and, and that could have opened the show too. Yeah, I think that would have been a good opener yeah. too. Speaking of which, right above it was the opener: Tito Santana versus the Executioner. Which, I, like I said, both these matches are pretty comparable. I think the Tito match is a little bit shorter. I want to say it's just a, little a, bit a more few one-sided. seconds. Yeah, it's almost like a, like half a minute shorter, probably. But I think it's good that we have it above the Steamboat match because. Yeah. Neither one of these matches, significance. yeah, are particularly significant historically, but the Tito, because it's the first match at WrestleMania ever, yeah. I think. I don't have a problem with that. Bit. Next up would be the, at number three, is the first ever Intercontinental title match ever. I said ever twice. That's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Greg Valentine versus Junkyard Dog. Good, yes. fun match. A yeah. little bit of wonky ending, but yeah. you know what? That's fine. It's, then, it sets up the WWFE's tradition of weird, like, Endings. Yeah. And another thing I didn't mention during that match is it was 
The thing that makes it just not a runaway match yeah. is that they're both the same kind of uh, styles in a way, like body type, yeah. movement, presence, so they don't contrast each other enough. I can uh, see that, yeah. Yeah, so... But I, I'm, I know I'm getting a little technical here, but we, as we go along and rank all these, we're gonna have to. So. Yeah. So that that was my reasoning. Yeah. For we gotta have reasons. We have reasons for all of these. So yeah. if you want to debate it, let us know. Yeah. But we will stand by what we what we decide on. This is a this is a group effort between the two of us. So. Yes, absolutely. This consensus. The two man committee. Yes. <laughs> um, or, or power trip, depending on your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> So, out of the remaining matches, two matches we said that we both enjoyed quite a bit. One overloaded with star power, and the other just a really fine wrestling match. In the most traditional of senses. Yeah. We, what, what wins out here tonight? Wrestling wins, in our opinion. All right. Wrestling, yes. So, at number two was the main event, the tag team match, Roddy Piper, Paul Orndorff versus Hogan and Mr. T. Yeah. And... and and the very well-respected publication, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, would yeah. actually disagree with us because yeah. they named that the match of the year that year. Oh, well, yeah. you know, I could see at the time, you know, probably the excitement of the match, but over the years... Watching a lot it, of magazines for it. <laughs> watching it in retrospect, I think WWE has a lot better track record these days of setting up WrestleMania matches that will live better throughout history yeah. rather than in the moment, you know? Yeah. Like, all their matches are like... This when you watch this ten years from now, you're gonna still be excited about it. Yeah. As of on this card in particular, there's yeah. some matches on there that really is like Executioner versus Tito Santana. Like, yeah. why would I care about watching that? Yeah. And I, so. I I do I gotta say, and that's the thing that really does it for me, and the thing that we both had to agree on. I get the most amped up for the number one match. Yeah, which was the tag team title match. The champions, Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham losing to the Iron Cheek and Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. Some great wrestling in that yeah. match. Great match. Good That's heel. fast. Yeah, yeah good heel ending. So Yeah. It's it's yeah. Cla- it's pro wrestling in its most classic yeah. sense. It, so this this will stand up with the ensuing years. I think it'll it'll fare well. So I think it'll do well in the error ranking once yeah. it's all said and done as yeah. well. So, so Chris, any final thoughts about WrestleMania one? It's good. I mean, obviously they did weren't exactly sure where this was gonna go, if this was gonna happen the following year, you know. Yeah. Because there was there was very little like uh uh like pomp and circumstance with it. It was like at like the beginning of the show. Well compared to like, nowadays. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean uh, obviously the main event they, they threw out all the big guns there. Um, and that was a pretty big deal. But, like, at the beginning of the show, I mean, they got uh, Mean Gene singing the anthem after yeah. a really small video package. They got all these so, stars, and they have a, they even booked a singer. Yeah. Like yeah, Gene exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I love you, Gene. But, yeah. So, yeah, and also, here's some. I remember watching, I think, one of the documentaries. Bobby Heenan apparently went up to Vince McMahon at the post party. They're at a big party. Yeah. And he goes, well, what about number two? Yeah. So according to Bobby, he's the one that told Vince, "Well, you got to do yeah. that too." Yeah. So I mean, as historically, obviously very important. Rewatching it at the time, like today, it's like, yeah, they they have grown a lot. Since yeah. Then. But it obviously set the standard for what was to come. And you want to put 
what Chris just said, he, I, in my opinion, he's absolutely on the money. Look no further than the end credits, the <laughs> yeah. original release. They do, yeah, because they they have the video package like every year, like at the <laughs> end of the show when you're when you're watching the credits or watching the end of the show. It just shows and the evolution shows the highlights of the everything. video guys. The yeah. video guys, I've always said this, are the most important people yeah. in that company. I think they picked they picked shots out of the main event, out of uh, the Brutus San Martino match. Yeah, uh, I think. There's a little bit of Born and Dragon and, in there, and, and Steamboat. <laughs> I don't really remember anything else yeah. in that in that segment. It's just still shots they they pulled like screen caps that they pulled from the actual video. Yeah, and it's the most random stuff. And, and some of it they kind of mess up. They go to one, and then they go back to the one before yeah. that, and they go and back, they to, go the back to real quick. <laughs> yeah, and then they repeat shots that are really bad. There's one blurry shot of of uh, Matt Bourne like almost hitting the mat with his face. Yeah. <laughs> It's just okay. I like the bumbling Orton as yeah. he is hit Orndorff already with the cane, and yeah. he's struggling to regain his balance. And yeah, look all so funny. it's it's interesting. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's gonna do it. Yeah. Um, I, I think I enjoyed the show as much as you did, and like I said, um, I look- it's yeah, it's all it clocks in at just over two hours. So yeah. I mean, it's not it doesn't take that long to get through. It's no. if you've never seen it's, it before, then you should watch it. Yeah, you know, it's as long as a three-hour raw without commercials. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so go check it out if you've never seen it. And I'll tell you what, if you out there want to play along with us, send your own rankings in. Yeah, and you know, do you agree with us? Would you move a few up and down? Uh, do you agree with us on number one? Some of you probably don't. Yeah, I'm but, sure because we—I mean, we struggled with number one on yeah. this one, and just imagine when we get to like episode 5 and we're having to juggle like 100 matches. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe not 100, but it's it's going to be or so. It's going to be a lot of fun. Chris, are you in for the long haul here? Uh yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I am too. It's going to be a long and winding road. Yes, yeah. for sure. So, um, as Axel F takes us out as they do on the original show. Chris, uh, how can they send us some of their uh, opinions on WrestleMania? Uh, well, you can find everything you need at cnjradio.com. Uh, go there. That's our blog where we will post the show. We'll post uh, the rankings on there so you can look them over at your leisure. And uh, you can email us at whs at cnjradio.com. Go to the Facebook, uh, messages there. Go to the Twitter, messages there. We'll respond anywhere. Yeah, get involved. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us on the very first episode of the WrestleMania House Show. More to come. Thanks a lot. on the back of your head there. Let's go right now to Lord Alfred Hayes. We're coming to one of the most interesting matches, the first of our good gracious, uh, or good luck, something like that. Let us hear some more about those opinions that they had to express. Yeah, I don't care what I got to do or how I got to do it to Wait beat Wendy. I'm going to do it. I'm going to come back dressed with my hand and Victor. This is my best time in life for a shape situation. Don't no, beefcake, don't what you got to do, my man. Wait, wait, wait. That's enough! That's enough! I will not let this man talk!